The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. I'm Clay Link here with James Anderson, our lead prospect writer at rotowire.com. Last prospect pod of the year, officially, although we will have in a little over two weeks, I think it is, a live podcast at First Pitch Arizona right after the Fall Stars game, as we talked about last week, so that'll be fun. And by the way, if uh, you listeners are going to be live, bring your own commercial jam entry. And uh, we'll we'll let you make your case for that jam. Hell yeah! I, I don't mean, know just, how many people there are going to be. Just come, just come anyway. I mean, I I don't expect uh, hardly anyone there to actually be a, a hip hop fan, but uh, yeah, just come say hi. Yeah, I'd imagine ninety six percent of people just turn us off once we get to that yeah, point. But yeah, yeah. if you got one that you want to, you know, you really feel like should be on the playlist, Spotify playlist, you can make your case. James, I don't know if I'm going to make it to the end of this week. I'm sweating out a lot of uh, a lot of leagues. Um, got you right on my heels in stake league now, but I think like two points behind me. I don't like it, man. 
I'm chill the hell out. It's uh I mean, I guess it's a good thing if this time of year you're just constantly checking standings, but I've just been every single night just constantly toggling between tabs of my league standings because yeah. just so much is just so much set is riding. the phone down you know <laughs> I can't do it though on sunday like on, on sunday once everything goes final i'm i don't know i'm gonna have to get like a bottle of champagne even if i don't win just to yeah. kind of be like oh man finally over just to be done with it all i'm in the top wars head-to-head championship and my 120 point uh lead is gone it's vanished just like that poof of smoke ian now up by two and a half points it's 364.5 points to 362 heading into these final, what, five days. So it's it's been crazy. I got to give him some credit, you know. These are, these are the guys he picked up on Sunday. And when you pick them up, you have to go right in your lineup, leave them in all week. Garrett Hampson, a couple homers, uh, I think like three homers this week. And Austin Hayes, two homers and a steal on Monday. Uh, Jan Gomes, Molina. He's Gomes? pushing all the right buttons. <laughs> yeah, Gomes, yeah, like, go. just homered in every plate appearance this week. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, really pushing all the right buttons. I give him credit. I got, you know, Cunha hurt. Kind of sucks. Soroka probably going to be pretty limited on Sunday when he starts. I did avoid the Blake Snell. You know, it wasn't like a big negative, but he hooked a negative, so I avoided that. It's going to be close in the end, but I think, you know, Ian's probably got my, got my number here. We'll see, but it's... Uh, I don't have any qualms losing to Ian, a really great player. Thankfully, though, I lost my lead there. I back on top in labor, so nice. hopefully I can pull out one of the two. How many leagues are you sweating out, James? Well, I am one back in the Champs League. Kenyatta Storin is leading that right now. Uh, Hell of a run you've made there. Yeah, I appreciate it. I mean, I've been getting just pressing a lot of the right buttons uh, this final month in that league. Um Battling to, to try to come in second place in the Tout Wars draft and hold. Uh, first place is uh, occupied right now, but me and Ariel Cohen and Matt Modica are battling that out. But uh, Mike Sheets, far and away, uh, leading the pack there. And then, uh, obviously, Stake League, there's a lot, there's some cash on the line. Uh, and then the Beat James Anderson League, I'm in, in first place in that one. That would be, obviously, a really nice... One to hold on and win, so uh, a lot of, lot of stuff riding on these final final four or five days. Oh, and SKL2, I uh, don't think I can catch Ian in that one, but I, I should be able to hold on in second there. Nice, man. Sounds like a hell of a year. And, yeah, Stagley, you and I are close, but we're actually creeping up on the number one owner, Aaron Quinn. Really good team. I don't know if we'll catch him, but uh, still a lot in the balance here, and it's exciting. I got Jose Ramirez, $0 ad last week in Stagley. Two homers yesterday, lucked out, you know, just to be able to well, skid him on the early return. You had to stay on brand. You had to go after your guy. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty ironic if he carried me to a title. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, I, I really don't know. I wish I could just, you know, fast forward to the end of the day Sunday. I really I, – I don't enjoy the, the process of sweating this out. No, like it, it's, it's brutal. I mean, every time any of your players have, have a poor day, you're just like, man. Yeah, it's – I wish I could just take some weight mate pills or something. Well, and every every like lineup error that you make over these final couple of weeks just oh, yeah. feels so much worse than anything you do in in July or August. Like just one tiny understandable picking the wrong guy over someone else, you're just like, man, well, I'm such an idiot. Yeah, it's 
Uh, you, you, everything gets magnified now, and you just beat yourself up. Uh, that's the name of the game. James, last week we drafted rookie hitters for next year. We're going to do the same thing for the pitchers this week. Uh, nine apiece. And are we treating this like last week where we kind of want to treat it like we have to hit five categories, including saves? Yeah. Now, there I, I put together a list of some uh, relievers who were prospects this year. Uh, all these guys have to have come into the year as prospects and pitched in the majors this year. Um, you know, realistically, there's going to be some guys on this list that get some saves, but, you know, I'm going to kind of approach it as sort of best player available. If I don't even emerge with guys that I'm confident in getting saves, I, I think I'd be okay with that just because really you can't be feel that good about any of these guys getting true, saves true, next yeah. year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if there's a guy that you think – uh, is either going to be an awesome, you know, ratio anchor that could get some saves and some wins, or maybe a guy that you, you really think could emerge as his team's closer? Then definitely uh, saves count in these standings. But I mean, you don't have to go after three relievers just to get three relievers. I got the first pick last week, right? So you'll be picking first this week. Yeah. Uh, but before we get to that, a real quick word from our primary sponsor, Yahoo DFS. The NFL season is officially underway, which means Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has returned. There's a million reasons to enter the free Yahoo Cup on Daily Fantasy, and they're all dollars. That's right. Yahoo Cup is free to enter, and a perfect lineup will win you $1 million every week of the football season. It's as easy as entering the contest and picking your players. If you're over 18 and a United States citizen, there's no reason why you shouldn't take your shot. Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes. Even if you don't score a perfect lineup, you can still walk away from a game with a little cash. Choose Yahoo Daily Fantasy today. Get started now at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. James, you are on the clock. Who you got? Well, you know, one of the things that I think is worth pointing out before we even get into any of these guys, I mean, this is not necessarily a part of the player pool that I anticipate being overly active in in, in 2020 drafts. I mean – you know, a lot of these guys are pretty exciting long-term prospects, but you know, you're chasing innings and you're chasing quality innings when you're going after starting pitching and in, in redraft leagues. And there's just aren't many of these guys where you can feel very good about getting 150 plus uh, good innings. So uh, this is not going to be a draft that resembles my prospect rankings necessarily. I mean, there's a a big gap between uh, redraft pitcher value and dynasty pitcher value uh, in yeah, some 2020 of opportunity right weighed heavily here uh, I'm gonna go with Mike Soroka he I think is you know there were there were some other guys I was definitely eyeing up here but while he may not uh, be the best guy on the board for strikeouts I think he is the best guy on the board for uh, ERA, whip, and wins, and I like that he plays in the NL. I uh, love that he's on a a team that I think might be even better than they were this year, next year. So, a uh, lot lot of good options, but uh, I'm going to start it off with Mike Soroka. Very nice. If you take in Soroka, then I'm going to end up with the first guy on my cheat sheet. You you built a little cheat sheet here with just a, a lot of names. I. You know, really put a ton of thought into. Uh, <laughs> I well, I listed 18. everyone. I listed everyone in terms of uh, Fangraphs WAR, uh, which obviously oh, nice. is, is not going to um, translate necessarily into into fantasy value. But um, 
Yeah, I have a, a cheat sheet I'm working off of that, that is not uh, for your eyes right now. So Yeah, me, me too. About that. <laughs> uh, so I will end up with Chris Paddock. Um, yeah, I just figured, you know, great run for him. Surprise addition to that opening day rotation and really lived up to the, the billing. It was really impressive. Soroka I like, but the K's... I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to end up with him in a lot of redraft leagues. He was a big profit guy this year. Uh, I think he's got one more start Sunday, but that'll be uh, Soroka, but that'll be probably abbreviated as he gears up for, I think, what, game three of the NLDS? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I just, I'm tempted to say I'm not going to end up with Soroka or, or Paddock, but I really just don't know where the, the ADP on, on those guys is going to end up. I, I'd, I'd love to have both of them. It's just a matter of what, what is their price. And Paddock was, was definitely the second guy on my list. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's understandable. I Do you, you know, do you see him kind of emerging as a high-end SP2, like low-end SP1 next year? Or is he more of just kind of the guy he was this year but tack on an extra 40 innings? Yeah, I'd lean toward the latter there. It's kind of like, it reminds me of like a Flaherty. Like, you don't really expect growth, but maybe it'll be there. Well, Flaherty is, I mean, he's going to get treated like an SP1. Yeah, yeah, I just mean like Flaherty this year. Sure, okay. Yeah, coming into drafts this year. Uh, where he's had that one real spin and performed well, but people are a little skeptical of lack of a third pitch. Uh, but Paddock's command really is the you, selling point for me. Do you think the ADP on both these guys is going to be like top 80 yeah ish yeah so I'd say the, both top like 60 both top 60 so kind of getting treated like kind of mid-tier sp2s that type of thing yeah i think that's fair pretty clearly the top two rookie eligible pitchers from this year uh in next year's class so you get uh you get a, another one there at the turn then this one's tougher this is where the real draft begins <laughs> as they say um can make a case for i think Maybe three or maybe four guys, but I'm going to go Zach Gallon. Really liked what I saw. The whip maybe hurts you a little bit, but I think there's room for growth there. And you know, he came over to Arizona, pitched well, shut down. They're not going to start him again this season, but I think um, I like him. And I, you mentioned like the opportunity, and that is, I think, if we're talking a five year window, I'd probably take uh, one or maybe two guys over him, but. Uh, for 2020 innings and fantasy value, I'll take Gallon. Uh, I think he's the call. Yeah, no, he was the guy. He was my third guy, so that's clearly a good pick by you. Um, since Thanks. I had him had him third, uh, you know, I I'm gonna. This is gonna sort of seem off brand, I think, for me. Uh, and I've clearly, after I make this pick, I'm I'm gonna have some work to do in terms of the the strikeouts. But again, I mean, this is. It's about 2020 value, and I love the way this guy has come on in the second half, uh, up over 190 innings after his start last night, and that is going to be Sandy Alcantara of the Miami Marlins. I just I think it's you know you're, you're there's something to be desired in the strikeout department, but he's so young, and it's not like he's a, a soft tosser. I mean, he he definitely has room to improve. Uh, just like I think Mike Soroka, I don't think either of these guys are finished products and where their strikeout rate sits right now. And, uh, the youth and the fact that they are both in the national league and are both gonna probably approach 200 innings if they stay healthy next year, that's, that's all just really appealing to me. And, and, you know, at this point we're not taking guys 
who would realistically even be SP4s, I don't think, or maybe maybe low-end SP4s in a 15-teamer, but uh, the innings is, is really kind of the selling point with me taking Alcantara there. Yeah, I, you know, I'd kind of let him slip under my radar. I'm not going to be I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, over his last 10 starts, though, Sandy Alcantara, 290 ERA, 101 whip. You mentioned the Ks being a little low, but 24 years old, you never know. He could unlock uh, that next level. The team context hurts for fantasy, but I, yeah, I totally see it. Um, I had him eighth on my super secret cheat sheet, <laughs> and I thought that was like, I thought I was aggressive there, but no, nice to see. That's a pretty, pretty strong endorsement for you on Sandy Alcantara. You got another pick here now, don't you? Yeah, no, I mean, it's just, again, it's just kind of about that mindset of, you know, so many of the guys that are available here are exciting, but we just, who knows how many innings they're going to throw in the big leagues. I, I kind of wanted to favor the guys that I knew were going to get me a, a ton mm-hmm. of innings and be useful for for the full season. Uh, this next guy definitely does not check that box, but this is where I think I'm going to get my strikeouts, and I think he opens the year in the big league rotation, and that's Jesus Lazardo, who oh, wow, I uh, – you know, innings is is the question there. Uh, the stuff looks really, really lights out. I, I he's still my my number two pitching prospect behind Force Whitley. Uh, I I just I'm so in love with his stuff. If he stays healthy, I think he's going to be really awesome. And the A's like he he's not going to throw 150 innings next year. You know, he might not even throw 130 innings, 125 innings, but I think the innings he gives me are going to be really solid. Nice. I know you've been big on the lefty for a while. And yeah, I see it. Maybe it's because I've been burned or was burned by him in labor this year. A couple other leagues, you know, I, he was the top pitching prospect I was targeting in early drafts before he suffered that shoulder injury. Uh, but maybe because of that, I had him a little bit lower. Uh, but I see it. I you, just look at the innings totals year by year, and you know he hasn't exceeded 109.1. Do you agree with my assessment that he'll open the air in the rotation? I would think so, unless they want to maybe like hold him back and play some games where they stagger his workload or something. I I think it's going to be kind of a Chris Paddock situation. Uh, I don't think he gets to quite as many innings as Paddock did this year. But you know, I like Lazardo a lot more going into 2020 than I liked Paddock going into 2019 just as a, as a prospect. So, um, yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm getting bulk innings from the other two guys, and, and this is where I'm getting my, my strikeouts. Nice. Well, I'm going to deviate from the cheat sheet. Uh, <laughs> you, you see cheat sheets and <laughs> – you you hope that the person who made them sticks to them in drafts, and I I tend to, but every now and then I'll deviate. Uh, pass on the fourth guy I have to take the top two relievers on the board, in my oh. opinion. Going to take Nick Anderson and Giovanni Gallegos. Don't know if either of them are going to close, but I think Nick Anderson has a pretty good case. We saw Pagan get pulled from a safe situation the other day. And even if he's not closing, Nick Anderson kind of has that, not quite like Josh Hader level, but... He has the, the strikeout punch to supplement some of your other low-case starters. So really love what I've seen from Nick Anderson, especially after the trade. He's, You know, we saw what the Astros did if they got their hands on Presley. Since the Rays got their hands on Nick Anderson, he's been one of the best relievers in the game. And Gallegos came over in that Luke Voigt deal, make that trade look a lot less lopsided than it did 
uh, last September and early on this year. So like what they've been doing, they talk about maybe moving Carlos Martinez back to the rotation. Uh, if that happens, I, I like Gallegos more than John Gant and uh, Andrew Miller by a decent margin. So I'll take those two and uh, see what's left on the starting pitching side. So do you – which of those two do you think is more likely to get saves? I'd say Nick Anderson, but I don't know. It's close. Gallegos has been out of this world. I I was hoping that you and I could just make an agreement this offseason to not hype up any Rays or Levers. Uh, I mean, we on, should. Based on just – We shouldn't be able based to. Based on our track record. Yeah, uh, the Alvarado thing, we were both kind of like both feet in. Oh yeah, I was yeah, all it's about been a it. Disaster. Uh, now, does he just end up getting like thirty saves this year if he is as good as we thought he was going to be all year? Or it's like, is it more their fault or more his fault that he ends up with whatever how many saves he had this year? You're talking about Alvarado, yeah. Um, well, he got hurt, right? So. I don't he really was know. really bad before he got hurt. Yeah, he did. But I think he was trying to pitch through yeah, something. Okay. I, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm it's a little, fall, easy to fall in love with an arm like that. I'm just a little worried that Nick Anderson doesn't – does he have any saves since that trade? <sighs> you know, I think Pagan has pretty much all of them. I guess like Rowe or no, uh, Pache. Colin Pache. Yeah. So Nick Anderson had one save in 43 and two-thirds with the Marlins, and he's got zero saves in 21 innings with the Rays. And I'm, I think he he's a guy that is absolutely a mixed league guy, uh, kind of like a Ryan Presley though. I think that's a good comp. Where I think if you get saves out of him, it's it's gravy. I just I think the Rays probably just enjoy using him so much as just a, a high leverage uh, setup guy that I, I guess I'm not expecting him to get too many saves. Uh, but I think I both both those guys just from a proven. Uh, production standpoint i think are the top two relievers i don't think they're the top two relievers for dynasty but they have the clearest avenue to saves of of the guys with uh really good numbers this year yeah i think so too and again i think nick anderson even if he's not seeing saves i mean especially in this environment where all those mid and lower tier guys that you're streaming in are getting just clobbered having that anchor in your lineup i think uh I think it's very appealing. So who you got next? Uh, I'm going to take another guy that, you know, the innings, I guess, are a bit of a question next year. Uh, but I believe in the skills. I think that this is a guy that's going to be very discounted in drafts because of, you know, redraft players will, in many cases, just buy last year's numbers and, his numbers aren't great, but Brendan McKay, I still have faith in him. I'd like him to lose his prospect eligibility here. I think he needs two innings to do so because I'm not looking forward to ranking him this offseason. But uh, if I do have to rank him, I will rank him fairly high. I still think that there's a, a lot to like there long term. And I think that the fact that he's gotten this much uh, work in the big leagues this year you know who knows how many starts he makes, but if if he is deserving of starts in the big leagues, he'll get them next year. I think. Yeah, he was my number four, the fourth man on the list. Uh, make a really strong case. The talents there. You know, he's a lot more talented than those surface numbers look. Innings are the question, and that was really why I passed over him. Also, the Rays just their, you know, usage it's, maybe piggybacking with somebody else. I really should just. 
And it sucks because the Rays are so good at acquiring talent that it's tempting to draft all their pitchers, but they're also just so awful to fantasy owners and the way yeah. that they use those guys. Like I, I know I'm just going to want a ton of Blake Snell next year and I'm going to want a ton of Tyler Glass now and I'll have to kind of, you know, I, I don't need to have uh, 70% exposure to either of those guys. I think it just having a little bit uh, probably negates some of that risk that they don't uh, don't get too many wins. But Yeah, I mean, they got Snell, presumably, assuming everybody's healthy, Morton, Glass now you mentioned. I mean, Yanni Chirinos has been yeah. awesome. So they could do a lot of different things, stagger and I mean, piggyback a little good, bit. Yeah, yeah Yarbrough's been great. Uh, so then my next guy – definitely don't have to worry about opportunity in this case and i know i'm getting strikeouts and i like the division for the most part i'm a little iffy on whether he's ready to have a a true breakout but dylan cease at this point in the draft for me um you know he in 15 team leagues even with the ratio concerns i think the strikeouts and the division uh, make him appealing i mean you can sit him in in some starts against the twins you'll sit him probably in some astros and yankees and maybe some red sox starts but uh, you're gonna love deploying him against the the royals and tigers and even when he's bad he, he typically misses a decent amount of bats yeah i like that one a lot of people like him to kind of dance on his grave when he has a bad outing um but i think there's still a lot to like there the walk rate's high that's why i had him down at 11 on my list behind a couple of their arms, but I, I see the case. Uh, do you think the White Sox as a whole take a step forward next year? Or do you think they're kind of just another year in this limbo? I think people are getting a little ahead of themselves by thinking that this this year, the 2020 is going to be the year. I think their 2020 is probably going to resemble the Padres 2019 quite a bit where there's some flashes, you get excited about some guys. Uh, but just top to bottom, especially when you factor in the pitching, I mean, I think they're a clear step behind both the Twins and the Indians, so I think it's going to be going to be tough for them to do much better than like 80 wins next year. Nice. By the way, Nicky Anderson was on the Twins, uh, I think as recently as last year. So they could add, they could add Presley. Anderson. Yeah, they, they, I would get maybe whiffing on one of the two, but on both? My God, if they had... One even one of those guys, they'd be in, in better shape for a deep postseason run. Before I make my picks, real quick, Fantasy Draft, the only rake-free rake free daily fantasy site in the business, brings the heat again with a $750,000 guaranteed rake-free contest. The Hooter main event with its $100,000 first-place payout. This is the largest and only rake-free contest running anywhere for NFL Week 4. That's right, Fantasy Draft is the only fantasy site where you can play contests with no management fee taken out of the prize pools 100% of the time, not just for limited-time promotional contests. Listen, as other fantasy sites continue to raise rake, prize pools are being squeezed, making it harder for players like you to win. Whether you call it rake, commission, or management fee, the days of paying 10 12 or even 16% of your entry fees to fantasy companies are over. No longer will you lose 30% of your bankroll to the house. Sign up at FantasyDraft.com today with promo code ROTOWIRE and you'll get a free seven-day trial on your first $100,000, I'm sorry, $1,000 of rake-free entry fees. That's FantasyDraft.com, promo code ROTOWIRE. Don't miss your shot at millions of dollars in rake-free contests this season. 
Start playing on Fantasy Draft today. Your bankroll is going to love it. All right, James, we got a 16-game winner still on the board, but I can't take Dakota Hudson. I I think everybody's going to see the same things and not want anything to do on it with him next year. Maybe create a buying opportunity if you're willing to bet on growth with his skill set. Uh, but I just can't take Dakota Hudson. So I'm going to take Jose Urquidy, who, I don't know, he may start some postseason games. We, we don't know. But he sounds like Jeff Lunau said that he's going to be in the rotation next year. Um, I know they gave a luck to Framber Valdez, and Urquidy's had some ups and downs. But I think Urquidy's got him beat Valdez, but with skills by a decent margin. Great team context. Uh, if you're lining up behind... Uh, Verlander and Granky. Who knows what Cole's going to be doing next year? But um, I think he's pretty safe. So I'm going to take Urquidy. Um, well, really, there's some other guys in that mix, but I like him the most. So he, I I thought I might be able to get him uh, later. I think that that's a a really strong pick, and I'll be interested to see where his uh, you know if there if any hype does generate uh, with him over the offseason or if he kind of remains under the radar among the starting pitchers we're choosing from here he easily has the best k minus walk rate at 24.4 which is a a pretty elite rate now that's partly because he just doesn't walk guys but one of the main uh, common denominators with most of these guys is that the whip is going to be an issue and with him it might not be Uh, that's you know kind of a selling point with Soroka and paddock where they were the first two guys you don't have to, really have to worry about the whip with most of these guys at this point you really do uh but you might not have to with him and the team context is awesome yeah now this next one may surprise you a little bit and maybe a little like wishful thinking because i got him going against ian <laughs> uh, so i'm kind of hoping that this guy comes through i think tomorrow uh, maybe later this week and has a big game with you know big implications postseason implications on the line aaron savali oh I knew, almost, I knew you were going to be the one that got in on the these Indians. He's been almost a two-win pitcher by F4. Pitching over his head, but a 293 <laughs> FIP, that's awesome. And he's done a really good job keeping the ball in the yard. Uh, 0.33 home runs per nine. Uh, granted, lucky, but you know the K rate doesn't wow you. But good control, really good track record of uh, keeping the free passes down. Uh, I think he'll have an opportunity. Maybe not full-time because you, know, you don't know what – Carrasco is going to be like what his situation is going to be, Kluber. But I think Savali makes Maybe. at least you know fifteen to twenty starts, and uh, I just like him his skills more than Hudson, who I just can't trust. I feel pretty good about Savali opening the year in that rotation. I mean, I, he basically is going to have to. I don't think he's going to struggle to beat out Plesac and Plutko. Yeah, Plesac's. I mean, his underlying numbers are just abysmal. He had a really nice run. Uh, Naren Savali, if you push me to a title and get 20 points, <laughs> so if you get 20 points and I win, I'll buy your jersey. <laughs> oh, nice. It's not uh, going to happen. I, you know, I like it. I, uh, you know, the team context there is just great. Yeah. Because you just happily roll them out against uh, the non-twins teams in that division. Um, I mean, I guess – I. I I think that's obvious. Do you think? Are you worried about like the White Sox lineup being one that you're like iffy about starting guys against next year? Uh, not really, because top to bottom, I mean, they got a couple of guys who scare you, but the back half of that order is just ugly. I mean, maybe like Yolmer's gone. I don't know. He's been a Gold Glover, I guess, but 
batting's really bad. So I just, you know, not really worried about the top to bottom that order. All right. Now, <laughs> this one is, I mean, I just love this guy so much, and the innings are a big-time issue. But I kind of have a feeling that the hype train on A.J. Puck is going to get pretty loud towards the end of spring training next year. I mean, he is just so nasty and so fun to watch. And, you know, there's going to be some growing pains, I think. But, again, the A's, I love I love taking A's pitching prospects because it, I don't think I really have to worry about them uh, messing around with them. I think almost all, if, if not all, of Puck's innings are going to come in the majors next year. I think he will be stretched out. Uh, probably not getting more than – I don't know, like 90 innings out of him, but I think they're going to be really strong innings. And at at this point, you know, a lot of my favorite other guys available are kind of similar in that they're just guys with, with some flaws. And his biggest flaw is just workload, but I think I'm I'm willing to take that dive at, at this point. Yeah, he was certainly in my top 15. I see the case for it. Um, yeah, I, I get it. This is, this is where it gets really kind of murky here with the yeah. guy. I mean, a lot of good, talented guys, but for for 2020 only, I, a lot up in the air. I do kind of like uh, – I like A's pitchers more than a lot of American League teams just because I, I really like the defense. And you just – you sit them against the Astros. I mean, that's pretty easy. You just sit them when they play the Astros. You start them against pretty much everyone else and – uh, I think it's it's pretty straightforward there. Uh, competitive team that's going to get you some wins. Uh, my next guy, and you can you can call me a homer if you want, uh, but this is a guy that I was actually wrong about uh, earlier this year. In Adrian Hauser, uh, you know his his overall numbers this season as a starter aren't that great, but he's really come on over his last uh, like ten starts or so. Uh, that's a situation where I think he's pretty much done enough this year to, to be kind of a shoe in for that rotation next year. Uh, he's been just way better as a starter than, than I thought he was going to be Uh fastball command is, is the key for him, but I have a feeling the Brewers are going to bring back Gasmani Grandal and his framing has just been so huge for, for so many guys in that rotation. Uh, I think that that's, you know, another situation where he's going to have a chance to win a lot of games. And I think he's, he's a 15 team mixer uh, viable back end sp yeah i think that's fine i actually didn't have him on my list but he's been pitching well i guess just lately with expanded rosters they just haven't been letting him go deep enough to get wins and stuff yeah they're not letting anyone go no. more than like four innings right now which they is really working out are. well for them yeah so i just yeah i get it i just i guess because he hasn't been getting wins it's just kind of uh, easy to sleep on Hauser lately, but I I admire you owning up because I remember you saying on this pod like I I respect a lot of the Brewers' decisions, but moving Hauser to the to the rotation I don't agree with. Uh, but he's been big uh, Tuesday, right? Are you going to go to that game, the wild card game? If it's no, in no, I that's I'm I'm not a huge uh, going to live. Uh, sporting events when a lot's on the line like uh, that's not really my scene i'd i'd much rather just chew your nails at home either right? yeah i mean 
you know, maybe get, maybe watch it with some friends. I mean, that's always fun. Uh, but just the price and the, the driving and the, you know, intense atmosphere, uh, I'd, I'd prefer to watch it at home, but I'm excited yeah. that they are, uh, probably headed to that game. Yeah. I like to stay home and keep it tranquilo. Um, going to be doing that tomorrow for the Marty's last game. I'll oh, be working yeah. from home. <laughs> Told we already got the sign off from HR. Um, I think I will take Dakota Hudson. It's oh, disgusting, man. but he threw me off the scent. I thought he was going to be available yeah. for me with my last. Well, pick. I, the reason I mentioned him last time is because he was in this mix with Savali <laughs> and Arkady. But look, it, the numbers do look bad. But in the second half, um, Dakota Hudson's holding opponents to two, a two fourteen, three twenty three, three eighty four batting line whips under one twenty each of the last two months. So. Again, I think everybody's going to look at the underlying numbers, see a FIP over five, and just run away. And I will be to a certain extent, but I'll dive in uh, if the price is right. How Man, about that? I got way too cute there. I I should have just known you weren't taking Hauser, so I could have just taken Hudson and then taken Hauser with my last pick. But uh, you know, the big the big thing for me, and this was always the case when Hudson was a prospect, just elite ground ball rate, and he he's carried that over in the big leagues and. I thought that his lack of strikeouts was going to really pose an issue, and it definitely could uh, next year. That's that's one of the risk factors with him. But, I mean, there's something to be said with just drafting guys that are going to generate a ton of ground balls in this environment. Yeah, 56.7% ground ball rate. That's I mean, that puts you right among the most prolific ground ball starters in, in all of baseball. So, yeah, I mean, where do you think he goes in – Overall ADP like one fifty. Oh, higher? I don't. I don't two hundred. So. I I was sort of thinking like mid two hundreds. Wow. Yeah, I could see it. Sixteen I mean, wins though, as I mentioned. Well, sure. I mean, I I think in the leagues you and I play in, I I almost never see guys get pushed up based on their wins from the prior season, and True. I just think so many guys draft off projection models now that you know he's just never gonna look good in in those because of the strikeouts and so i i really think you'll be able to get him i mean like look at where like marcus stroman was going this past year now the he didn't have the era and the the wins that that hudson has this year but we all knew he was a great ground ball guy and you were able to like i i got him in a bunch of leagues like around like pick 300 just because everyone was uh, you know, the projection systems just didn't like him. And I think that you could see the same thing happen with Hudson. And like Yarborough, I mean, nobody, he was free, basically. Nobody really wanted him. He won 17 games, I think. So, yeah, I think for this last pick, I'll leave well, you hanging. You got for two more. Well, I mean, I'm making Archer, one. Oh, I'm sorry, you're right. Last one for this round, though. Um, just a real quick note. Did you know Rotowire has a college football podcast? It's a rhetorical question. Host Nick Whalen and John McCackney will be posting episodes each Wednesday throughout the season. The focus on fantasy and betting. Search for Rotowire College Football anywhere you already listen to podcasts. This, uh, I think I want to take a guy who I know you like. There are some relievers here who I think, you know, if I'm speculating for saves, may be the case. But I already got two relievers locked in. So I'll roll the dice on Tony Gonsolin. Again, I know you liked him. Um the Dodgers, like the Rays, you know, they're going to play those games. We don't know how much he's going to pitch uh, at the major league level next year, how how long he'll spend in that rotation. But great context. 
And, I mean, not a great elite pitching prospect, but a, a guy who I expect to carve out a pretty nice little career there with the Dodgers. So, uh, Tony Gonsolin, what do you think? Over, under, say, 120 innings at the big league level next year. I'm going to say under, man. Um, it's just – it's scary. The Now, I'm, my next pick's also going to be a Dodgers – pitcher uh in dustin may but i think my hunch is that may is ahead of gonsolin when it comes to when they turn to a, a pitcher for maybe it's that fifth rotation spot i you know i was looking at their projected rotation for next year uh, i think they're losing uh, hill i think they're losing ryu but they still have you know urias and bueller and kershaw and and stripling if they want to do that um so I mean, it, there will be a competition. I I think Mays, the better picture, pitcher. Uh, I think he's got a, you know, he's he's definitely the better long term pitcher. But you know, to me, I think May gets the first crack in that rotation, and you know, I think he's kind of a uh, poor man's Mike Soroka to some extent, where the strikeout rate is going to leave you wanting a little bit more, but. That doesn't mean he's not going to be excellent at preventing runs. I mean, you can't if you get a Dodger starter, you can't really go wrong. It's like a, it's the best team probably to have a, a starting pitcher on. But I just think we it's so tough to be that guy that they trust every fifth day for a, a long stretch that there's going to be uncertainty with both these guys. I think how they pitch in spring training is going to be a big factor in where their ADP eventually settles uh, towards the end of March, but. You know, I like Gonsolin. I think on a lot of teams, he would be he would have been a top ten guy that we took. It's just I'm hesitant to project him for too many innings because I think he might start the year on the outside looking into that rotation. Yeah, it's only thrown like eighty between AAA and the majors. Was he hurt earlier this year? I think he was at AAA for a while. Uh, but at the big league level, three ERA. I mean, obviously, over skis a little bit with the figure that low but navigated the pcl pretty well so yeah i did think about may but uh, i like gonson just a little bit more uh it's close though uh you got i got one more and then back to you um you know one more thing on may you know he he turned 22 earlier this month started the year at double a and has thrown let's see if i can do math here he's thrown like almost 140 innings Oh wow! And he's just turned twenty-two, and he started the year double A, and he's got a ERA under four in the majors in, in thirty-one and two-thirds. I mean, I it's a I really it. really impressive year for him. I blew it. Going uh, for, no, for rubbing in. No, I just I wanted to. Oh, I mean, it, I I'd I'd love it if they both got twenty-plus starts in the big leagues next year. I mean, the the Dodgers certainly could be in on uh, another guy that we're not even talking about and then that could squeeze both of them out to start the year but um yeah i don't, I don't think you can go wrong with either of those guys uh my final pick you know i'm just i'm not gonna take a reliever and i love you know i, I love andres munoz emmanuel clase and james karinchak for dynasty i think that all three of those guys are going to be very effective closers at some point I just think that, you know, you draft Munoz, Clays, or Karinchik next year, and if they're not getting saves in, like, early May, 
even if the ratios are pretty good, they might be your, your first cut there. And, you know, maybe the ratios are just so good that they're kind of in that Nick Anderson, uh, Giovanni Gallegos, uh, tier, but I like Logan Webb, uh, with the giants just as a streamer, a guy that I, I would deploy at home and probably sit in his road starts. And, you know, that's, the type of guy that you probably don't roster for an entire season, but I think in 15 teamers, I don't mind having guys like that if I can afford to do it, where you just feel much more safer in those home starts and you just don't even think about starting them on the road. That's that's the way I would approach Webb for, for 20, uh, 2020. Very nice. You mentioned those relievers. Is Hunter Harvey in that mix for you too? Because well, obviously the innings, I think he's, you don't know. I think he might be the best bet of any guy we've talked about so far to get for saved. saves next yeah. year. I just, that team's just so terrible that I don't like the idea of ever having an Orioles closer in my lineup because you're just going to go weeks at a time without a save. Yeah. I saw, what's his name? A Givens, like on every waiver wire in every did, league. Nobody wanted to play those games. Did you consider Jairo Diaz at all? I had him on my list. Yeah. Um, he was 19th, though, so he wouldn't – I actually had him behind Andres Munoz, but that's pretty close for me. A lot could change, too. I mean, it, so I just assume Brad Hand gets the closer job in, in Cleveland next year. I assume Kirby Yates and, uh, you know, to start the year, I don't think Clays is going to be in that role in Texas. But, like, say Yates or Hand get traded this offseason or LeClerc or something, like, then all of a sudden, like, things could change in a hurry with these guys. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think – you know, I'd still rather have a guy like Ryan Presley or or the two relievers that you took, just because they're very established in what they're kind of going to give you, uh, and you're not really expecting saves from any of these guys. Yeah, I was thinking about deviating here as my last pick. Uh, you know, you didn't take any relievers. I already got two, so I might as well try to, you know, close the gap with uh, K's and and wins, even though the wins may be few and far between for this guy next year. Finished pretty strong, though, in his final two starts uh, before getting shut down. He had uh, 14 to 4K to walk in his last 10 innings. That's Mitch Keller. A good fastball command, but I know you've been a skeptic for a long time, so I'm not surprised you didn't touch him. Um, any thoughts on what you saw from Keller at the big league level this year? I think he's going to get a lot of <clears throat> a lot of hype this really? offseason just because the, the FIP and the XFIP look so good because of the strikeouts and everything. Uh, and he's like a he's a name brand like redraft players have heard of Mitch Keller and it's just going to be like oh former like top twenty prospect you know according to um, some sites that were probably wrong about that but I just so if you roster Mitch Keller in a fifteen team mix league and I mean I think he can just get shelled at any point yeah and he can also danger he can also pitch well at any point and i just think that that's going to be a nightmare to deal with in terms of deciding when and when not to deploy him but home park helps a lot it does spacious now the one thing uh you know shout out to to Derek hardy for this one but uh i believe pittsburgh's isn't it like the worst home park for strikeout rate oh really yeah that's real i know but i didn't but put, now it's not. It it. I mean, Mitch Keller's strikeout rates through the roof, so maybe it, it doesn't matter at all for him. But you're overestimating how much time and thought I put into this last pick. <laughs> of this. Well, that's just always been in the back of my mind with Pirates starters. That's a good uh, call, Cole. So that shift, right? Um, obviously, a lot more went into that, but like, yeah, 
yeah, I just to me it's it's got to be somebody where I am going to start you against the bad teams even when you're on one start like and that's going to be a terrible team next year like they're not going to win many games uh you know all all the other teams that division have probably above average offenses and it's just it's tough to pick your spots if you're going with with a guy like that but i I totally get it i think there are going to be people making a case for mitch keller as a a sleeper just because we have all off season and people run out of stuff to talk about but uh yeah i don't think i'm going to end up with him i'll tell you that reds offense not above average no no oh my god (laughs) well i guess i guess i was sort of factoring in the the park there and into everything but um yeah aquino's got like a 23 wrc plus this month i mean they're they're banged up but it's been is disappointing how bad that offense is 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 the is the aquino uh shirt that you bought going to end up being kind of like a, a novelty item in a couple of years where it's just kind of like, hey, remember? <laughs> kind of already is. <laughs> remember remember this guy? Oh, yeah. Keener. Remember when they were making shirts about this guy? <laughs> we were at lunch the other day and somebody had like a red, white, and blue Punisher like um, tire cover on the back and I was like, oh, that guy must be a Kino, an Aquino <laughs> fan. The guy I was at lunch was like, who? So, yeah, kind of already in that territory. Uh, who would you say the best of the rest who is the best if you were to make another pick like who would you who do you consider here well yeah i mentioned the those you know munoz clays hunter harvey karinchak probably the and jairo diaz probably the top relievers uh you know griffin canning i thought about a little bit you know with him you're there's you're worried about production you're also worried about health but i am not worried about him getting starts if he's healthy uh bryce wilson kyle wright guys that i i thought about but i'm just not sure that they're gonna have a have a chance to break camp in that rotation uh you know justin dunn justice sheffield i i'm not really a fan of either of them for a variety of reasons team context is is a big one there uh joe palumbo might have been you know one of my next two or three starting pitchers uh he's finished the year fairly strong and in a, a tiny sample um i think we kind of did a, a pretty solid job uh, taking yeah, the best available. Pretty good to me. I mean, Cal Quantrill was on a good run, but didn't quite make the cut for me. I mean, he finished just horribly. Yeah, he really did. There was another, like, Kino, um, what do they call that, a Trojan horse situation where they pitch well enough to right. get into your right. lineup and then they just destroy <laughs> you. Merrill Kelly's been pitching better lately. Yeah, that's what uh, uh, Kevin was saying in the office earlier. Uh I had, I didn't actually do any Merrill Kelly prep. I couldn't really tell you how he's been pitching lately. But yeah, I considered I, him as a pickup Sunday. So it seemed like I, I know Eno was tweeting about maybe he was throwing a little harder, and that may be something to sink your teeth into. But yeah, again, some some random guys that have you know that I think might be worth like a second look, but I didn't really strongly consider uh, that have been pitching fairly well. Uh, like Austin Voth's been pitching well for the Nationals. I I don't think that that's going to be real, but um, the the guy that was second among all starting pitchers in Fangraphs War was John Means, and we didn't take him. But yeah, that, that's pretty crazy. That's uh, you know, to me that just kind of it's just an Orioles starter. I just don't don't really want to mess around with that. Yeah, uh, so tough that division to uh, be successful on a consistent basis. Well, that was a good. Uh, I think we did well there. I think I 
took home the crown. Yeah. Which, no, I probably didn't. Uh, but <laughs> well, that was you fun, got, James. You got the – in Nick Anderson and, and Gallegos, you got that ratio anchor there to, to kind yeah. of be able to just start Mitch Keller, uh, you know, never sit him. <laughs> yeah, and Hudson. <laughs> um, yeah, you kind of – Kind of uh, led me off the the scent on the relievers though you didn't you didn't take any. Uh, well, kind like of unhappy with I you. just I just wouldn't take any of those guys for uh, mixed leagues next year. And one one guy that I think is is kind of interesting is Sean Anderson, who's been yeah. pretty lights out as a reliever, and that that closer job might be up for grabs next year. Yeah, Rowan Wick's been pitching really well, and I don't know what the heck's going on with uh, Kimbrel. I guess they have him under contract, right, for a while yet, but good grief, that's bad. I think Darwinson gets a a look if they start tearing it down. <laughs> and, uh, Can they tear it down? Apparently they're going to trade Mookie and let J.D. walk. I don't know. You know, Darwinson, I think, is a guy that in maybe two years could be a, a lights-out late-inning guy. I think the command is maybe just a little too shaky right now. Uh, he definitely has the type of stuff where if he can harness it in a, in a year or two. Um, and there's a lot of interesting relievers from this list, but it's just guys that you kind of put on your watch list, not guys that you leave a draft with. Yeah, guys who still have to climb that ladder a little bit in the bullpen. Oh, great stuff, James. Great season. I'm proud of what we've uh, done. I mean, it's a grind, but I've always enjoyed hosting with you, and it's another season under our belts. Thank you all for listening. We are going to talk about our hip-hop entries, commercial jams, and I got a good one this week. Had to include this one on the list. I talked last week about maybe going with another Cash Money song, and sure enough, <laughs> I'm going to get another one in here. And that's a BG. Oh, I love BG, by the way. Cash Money is an Army. Uh, I, I talk sometimes about how I don't like the radio edits of certain hooks. Like, they don't just bleep it out. They, like, change the wording of yeah, the yeah. entire hook. I actually, when I think about this song, I still have the radio edit hook in my head. You know, Cash Money is an Army, Betty yet a Navy. So if you ever play a hate me for you, it ain't gravy. <laughs> I love BG. Um uh, just you know, he was actually my favorite hot boy, the original hot boy. Nice. And then he left Cash Money, Life After Cash Money, some of those early albums on his uh, own record label, Chopper City Records. Actually, really good and still hold up. But Cash Money's an Army, great video. Check out the video if you haven't seen it. And um, looking forward to this one. Thanks to Andrew Redding being added to the playlist. All right, you almost had me switch things up and, and go with another Cash Money song, but uh, oh, I didn't want to. I, I want to hear what that is. I didn't want to put any baby, uh, anything with a baby hook <laughs> or a baby verse on, on the on the list just yet. I mean, maybe at, at some point I'll find room <laughs> for a song with baby on it. But we are, I think we are continuing this, right? Yeah, don't want to water it down just yet, though. Um, so we'll kind of go to another end of the lyricist spectrum in Nas with uh, Made You Look off Ooh, that's of a good one. Godson. That's a really good one. You know, Nas had some some misses on the commercial side for a he while really did. there. Like, what was that? What was the album where he's kind of like shrouded in like a black like hoodie? Um, um, Nostradamus. Oh, sure. I think that was the one. But the song Nostradamus, just eh, not yeah, my I mean, favorite. I, I didn't. <laughs> I don't even like 
got yourself a gun that much. Yeah. I mean, I love still Maddox, a great album, but I didn't really like that one. I, uh, like hate me now is probably the single I think I hear of his the most, but it's kind of a, a boring song. Um, but yeah, I, I like made you look quite a bit. Yeah. That's a good one. I, I love Nas still holds up really well. And with the NFL stuff, I mean, it's Team Nas over Jay-Z <laughs> nowadays. Um, Absolutely. Was it uh, – well, what Birdman song? What happened to that boy? Was that um, well, so there were there were a couple. Um, so Stunting Like My Daddy. Uh, it's a great one. I like that. <laughs> as bad as Birdman is, and we're talking like worst rapper of all time, bad. It's still a great song. Um, and then the other one I was thinking about was uh, – uh, Still Fly by Big Timers. Oh, great one. Love that video, too. You know, I talked about baller blocking last week, then I listened to it, and I heard that baby verse, and I was like, good thing I didn't include this one. Uh, that verse does not hold up. E-40s does, however. Well, James, great stuff. We appreciate you all for listening. Thanks for all the insight all year long. You're the best in the business. Thanks, man. And thank you all for listening. We'll be back with you, what's October day is that that we're doing the live pod october trying to find this some saturday in the middle of october, october 12th sorry i had october to look 12th. that up yep live in arizona first pitch if you can make it we'd love to meet you and say hi but yeah if not bid you do until next year we'll talk to you then on the roadwire prospect podcast sponsored by yahoo daily fantasy sports <laughs>
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.